What is grace? Grace is community. Grace is passion. Grace is for everyone. We're going to hear from Kathy. She's going to read for us the scripture for today. And today's scripture, the first one, comes from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. And we're going to hear a little bit about what it looks like for us to be God's people. So I invite you to listen closely uh, for this passage from James, chapter 1. Blessed is anyone who endures temptation. Such a one has stood the test and will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. No one, when tempted, should say, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But one is tempted by one's own desire, being lured and enticed by it. Then, when that desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and that sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Do not be deceived, my beloved. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would become a kind of, his, of first fruits of his creatures. And from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, 1 through 10, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's join together in prayer. God, thank you for your goodness, for your presence here with us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that enlivens us and gives us real life. Lord, may we experience the abundance of life that you have for us as we listen for your word, as we reflect on how you would have us respond to each other and the world around us, and as we renew our commitment to love of you and your creation. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I invite you now, if you would, to welcome Paul Semendinger to the pulpit here this morning. Will you welcome him? I've never gotten a uh, ovation beforehand, so I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. Amen. <laughs> Happy Halloween. There was a time for me when Halloween was the biggest and the greatest 
and the most wonderful of, of all holidays. Well, except maybe Christmas and my birthday. And I think that was that way for all the kids I knew. I mean, we went around and got tons and tons of free candy. What could be better than that? I mean, I'd get candy on Easter too, of course. Chocolate eggs and a chocolate bunny and jelly beans. But for pure candy abundance, nothing rivaled Halloween. Tons and tons of free gifts of deliciousness. What could be better? But then, as life moves on, I eventually got to that awkward age when I couldn't rightfully go around the neighborhood and ask strangers for candy. We've all been there. I'm too big for that. But are we ever really too big for candy and all the goodnesses of life? Saying that I was too big for, for Halloween came with a certain sadness. If I was too big for costumes and candy and all of that, I was also too big for the magical things like, of course, the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. But can you imagine being too big for Santa? I mean, it's one thing to be too big to put on a Superman costume, but too big for Santa? See, I think when we start to get too big for some things, we start to believe that we're too big for lots of other things. It's about that age when we stop trick-or-treating that we start to question a lot, like the rules, the expectations, who we are, and what we do. It's right about that age when we decide that we're too big for Sunday school. But at the same time, we feel we're too little for church. And it's at that age when we start to grow away from the church because we feel there isn't anything for us there. It's a rare church that has or had a vibrant, fun, or cool youth group. We get too big for so much, and we just don't think we need so much of it any longer. I could just buy my own candy. But once innocence is lost, it doesn't really ever come back. And oftentimes, when people leave the church, they also never come back. We get too big for those stories. We get too big to glue cotton balls on lambs and to crayon all the colors of an amazing dream coat. And we get too busy with our time. Dinners, where we might have prayed, become rushed. We'll just get pizza tonight, the concert is later, or McDonald's is fine, eat in the car on the way to the game. No, there, there's no time for prayer. We're growing and we're rushing, and as we grow and as we rush, we get too busy. We get too big for God. And the thing is this, that once we're on the fast track, it's hard to get off of it. Once we start to live that frenetic life, it doesn't ever really slow down. And once we stop making time for God, we often find it hard to find the time to let him back in our lives. When we get too big for the little things, we sometimes get too big for the big things. We think other things matter more than God. They don't. 
I've listened to many high school kids talk about their dreams, about the colleges they'll attend, the majors, the sports they'll play, the concerts they'll perform in, the roles they'll assume. And as they strive to make the time for all those things, the things they think they need to do, and the things they think they need to focus on, the big things, the biggest things, the realest thing, the most important thing, God, is sometimes forgotten. Without God, none of the goodness that we have had in our lives takes place. Without God, none of the big things even matter. We think at any age that we achieve great things on our own, and maybe sometimes we do, but I doubt it. Because if we dig down deep, we'll see that God's goodness is always part of the goodness we encounter. God's goodness. We need to get in the habit of finding that goodness the way we used to try to find Easter eggs or Christmas presents, or the way we would run from house to house on Halloween seeking the next Hershey bar. How often do we go from house to house seeking God? How often do we take time to count our blessings? And we have blessings more than we know in abundance. Can you remember that greatest Halloween of all, when you made your biggest haul of candy? Did you ever pour out your candy on the floor, maybe in the living room or on the dining room table or in the kitchen, and just start counting your abundance? Have you ever poured out a bag of God's blessings and counted your abundance? We live in a challenging time. If we look around us, we're filled to the brim with negativity and hate and anger and sadness. There's despair. Sometimes there seems to be very little hope. We haven't seen many people's faces in quite some time, and it wears us down. The other day, a person I've known for two years took his mask off, and I found out that he wore a goatee. Sometimes it's hard to see the good, but it's there. God's hope, God's good is always there. Now, now, remember that Halloween bag? Remember when you dumped all that candy? And after you thought it was all on the table, did you ever go back in and dig deep into the folds and find one last Kit Kat or Snickers? That's where God's love is. It's everywhere, of course, but sometimes it's hidden, like in the bottom of a pillowcase that was used to collect candy on a chilly October night. But when we look, it's there. And once we find it and cherish it and value it, it's better than all the dreams of all the Christmases and all the Easter's and all our birthdays and all those Halloweens combined. We can't necessarily spill over our bag of blessings and truly count them because they're too numerous to count. You see, God loves us with his abundance in total, and not just on holidays, and not just on special days, but always, and on all days. God is love. We'll never be too big to celebrate his love, and we will never be too big to collect his blessings. 
we sometimes just have to remember where they are, what they are, and take the time to appreciate them and to thank him for them. You see, God is love. God is Santa Claus. God is the Easter Bunny, and he's Superman, and, and he's the ghost that was once a bedsheet, and he's a silly plastic mask. God is candy in abundance. God is all of this and more, plenty more. I might say good and plenty more, but you see, God is good, and God is love. And unlike your Halloween candy, his love never runs out. He gives in abundance to all of us, always. Sometimes we think we have to look deeper into that sack to really find it. But we don't because it's out there in the open. We can see it. When we open our hearts the way we used to open our bags when asking for candy all those years ago, we'll find it. God never tricks us. He just loves us. And that love is the greatest treat. Amen. Take just a couple of minutes here for us to consider how we might respond to this word that we've heard. Uh, one thing that came out for me was this idea that God's goodness, God's love is all around us. And uh, we need to enter into that. We need to notice it and appreciate it. And one way that we can better appreciate all the gifts that God has given us is to slow down, to take our time and reflect on those blessings. So I want to encourage you to do that. And a second thing I'd like to share is something that my, my wife recently shared with me. She went on the women's retreat several weeks ago. And she said when she was there at that retreat, uh, there was a phrase that she heard that was really life-giving for her. Sometimes you'll hear the phrase something like, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, maybe there's some aspects of that that might be okay, but there's a little bit of a struggle in there as well. Um, when bad things happen, we might think, well, does that mean that God is making that bad thing happen? And it's tough to, to put that on God, that bad things happen because of God and somehow there's something else that happens along with it. But this other phrase, I think, helps capture this idea much better. And it's, God down all roads. Whatever path you find yourself on, if you'll take the time to notice it, God is on that path. God is there for you. God is there with you. And God cares for you and lifts you up when you're down that path. And so whatever might be happening in our lives, whether it's the best day of our life or the worst, we can find God down that path that we're on right now. And so I'd like to pause for us to reflect on this idea. Where do you see God on the road that you're on today? Let's, let's pause to appreciate that. Will we, can we take just a few moments of silence? Maybe you'd like to bow your head. Maybe you'd like to stand up and raise your hands, lay on the ground, whatever works for you. Let's pause. Okay, not lay on the ground. Okay, I heard you. So do what works for you in this moment to reflect on God's goodness. Where do you see God on the path that you're on today? Let's pause.
God, we pray that we might grow in our appreciation of you. That we might see your love that's all around us. Bless us today, Lord God, as we reflect on those incredible blessings that you've given to us. And Lord, we have a tendency to wander in the wilderness of our own creating. When opportunities to serve you and volunteer to make a difference in the world come up, we check our calendar to see if there's something else more exciting for us to do. We place our desires and our schedules before our service to you. Help us, Lord, to reorder our priorities. Help us to look again at the wonderful opportunities you give us to be of service to you by working with others, reaching out to heal and help. Bring us to the light of your love once again. Heal our wounded souls. Let us love you truly with our whole heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, everything in us. Give us courage and persistence as disciples that your great love and your glory may shine through our actions. We pray now for Loy, Asha's neighbor whose family members have COVID, for Diane and the reaction that she had that brought illness to her. We pray for Ray Mai who had surgery this past week. We pray for Catherine in her recovery, for Christine and Chris, Tom and Carol, for Tammy, Roe, Bondette, Fred, who is here with us this morning, and for Judy Ann. Lord, all these people we lift up and put them in your care. May you bring healing. May they know your love. And help them, Lord, even as they're struggling, to see God on the road that they're on. And we pray now, Lord, as you taught your disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Praise God. For everything happening at Grace, check out our website at gumc.org.